0: Well,
1: guys, we recorded an incredible episode for you. I mean, it's the best episode yet. We recorded yeah. such a w- incredible...
0: Pure bangers of thought.
1: Only the best, only the purest. Um, and then it wasn't recording. So, was not recording. Um, we are going to... Start over. over right now. Um, It's going to be even better.
0: It will be even better. Because we just rehearsed it. Yeah.
1: So um, I'm Summer Krinsky.
0: I'm Scott Murphy. This is
1: I Don't Heart Radio.
0: And this could be your next favorite band.
1: Who are we talking about? We're
0: talking about Soaked Oats. Yes, we are. We're talking about Soaked Oats. Their new song is really great. It's awesome. It is. It's,
1: it's I mean, a beautiful... Psych rock, but its own kind of indie, um, cool melodies, awesome groove, totally engaging and um, throughout, like never loses your attention.
0: Oh, more like a morphing hook. That I mean, it comes in as a really cool warbled out guitar, and then by the end of the track, it turns into what is either the uh, most harmonica? fucked guitar. It's maybe a harmonica getting snuck in. It feels
1: like something's doubling the last note. That's a harmonica. Yeah, just like the last, the last note of the, the, the riff. last one. Is it a harmonica? It, te- it feels like I mean, basically just a cool textural change. Of a riff that throughout that becomes unrecognizable, but in a like, uh, trippy way, yeah. <laughs> um, but not like cheesy. Uh, I don't mean in any sort of cheesy. It's very, uh, it's, it's, um, it's,
0: yeah. This isn't. This is great because it's reference. It, it's kind of it's harkening back to like really really great uh psych rock, which I think all all great psych rock is just a like a generation uh evolution from revolver and yeah. then, like tomorrow never knows in particular a- and this does that without feeling like boomer w- worship
1: not at all yeah. it feels like its own it feels modern
0: absolutely you know up front and and it stands out like in in a modern playlist for sure
1: yeah the mix is great um it has like the mix has a flaming lips kind of energy to it um of like just there's always an interesting change happening keeps your attention the whole time um nothing new things coming in and out but um the groove never missing a beat as far as just uh that is kind of like the underpinning
0: and and the groove really, uh, it makes the entire track feel good. Totally, uh, and it's
1: awesome because it's it, a, a, a nice drum groove, well mixed. Uh, the drums sound good, but then there's this like conga, auxiliary percussion going on. Um, that's just keeping it uh exciting because yeah. the drum groove it's it's good. Um, it's not like the drum groove itself isn't like that complicated or weird or anything. It's like a pretty just straightforward beat. But the the, the auxiliary, auxiliary percussion. percussion is keeping it having kind of uh, an extra spice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and every band member is credited as a percussion player on this uh-huh. album. And I think that that's it feels like it it's comes across people in the room vibing. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, and that makes it fun to listen to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really good track. And I was saying, um, it would be cool. It's one of those mixes that I would absolutely love to have my hands on the multi-track. Cause I would just love to solo things and see what they are. Cause it just feels like things, um, kind of like drop in and out, like little moments. And I, would, and they happen so, uh, Quickly, but in a very, um, you know, you know what it actually reminds me of a little. It's kind of of Montreal esque. Yeah. 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 Um, it it has the of Montreal kind of like breeziness. Very, yeah, and and psych rock referencing, but it has its own character. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the things that drop in and out are uh, they, it, like. It's not just the guitar to harmonica keeping you guessing. There's morphing textures where it'd be cool to solo them and just be like, what is happening in that moment?
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which is, I mean, that's the same as like uh, the the same kind of thing that I love about like those Nigel Godrich, like back albums where there's um, coinciding uh, like the same melodies are getting played by overdubs with two different instruments, yeah. on like left and right. Yeah. Where
1: Ni- Nigel Godrich is the king of committing to hard pans. Yep. Um, which I-, I just think um, people in the modern day, because uh, like it, committing to hard pans was necessary back in the day. And then people in the modern day. Um, I think have tr- It's less of a, it. It happens less. Um, I have I, trouble doing it because I I well, have this weird like.
0: I think you've it's heard,
1: well, you know my weird oh, like I know your insane thing. thing. Yeah, I just used to always and no one even does this, but in middle school I would have those like i iPod earbuds, you know, and you would I would share. I would put the left in, and my friend would put the right in, and we'd listen to our iPod shuffle. And I just I hate the thought. That they're missing this cool. Someone's gonna miss this cool line because they only have one errand. Yeah. That's I know an absolutely insane reason for not because hard pan committing can give like such space to a mix.
0: Yeah, and I I kind of I kind of feel like not committing to decisions like that is kind of like small pee-pee energy. Yeah. Uh, like I, it feels like rooted in fear. Uh-huh. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, and I don't and the disagree. thing is is that. But, like, a lot of, like, even in, like, you know, hit mixes now, it feels very small PP energy, where there aren't these, like, bold decisions being made. Yeah. Uh, and I don't love it. And it's that you see it in, like, um, as Netflix has decreased their budget. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they sure have. the cinematography just gets like safer and safer. They and just figured safer. I
1: mean it's not, it's like radio. It's like this like they're figuring out the algorithm to candyify the yeah. visuals slash audio um just enough that it's not like low budget looking, but it's just shit. It as is far just as shit.
0: Art. A- and and the thing is is that it, it and it comes from like the like w- the next time you watch, like Netflix is now going like all of the shots are over the shoulder, medium, uh, dist- like medium close with like people centered in frame. There's no there are no like off angle shots. There's n- no one is ever like on the left of the screen. No one is on the right of the screen. Nothing. Everything happens dead center the entire time. And it sucks. <laughs> it It is not. It's not. It's not fun and it's not exciting.
1: Just in the contract now to get a Netflix show.
0: Oh, it is. Wait, are you it, serious? Oh, it literally is. Netflix has. You will like, center everything. Um, Netflix has incredibly strict um, content guidelines. Uh, there are like two cameras that are uh, like usable for uh-huh. a Netflix like uh, you know curated show. You have to commit to. Like their entire. I understand that they
1: want everything to look uniform. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: but also that sucks.
1: Well, I think that there's a you know some sort of medium where you can like you can use your uh platform to raise the standard as far as um. Oh yeah, yeah. You. But could... then it also, I mean, we were talking to our friend that makes documentaries about how that really limits because uh, traditionally the doc the the art of documentary making was always um. Kind of different in that it uh, was more open to lower budgets. Yeah. Um, because it it's not that it wasn't still shot well and interesting, but there was people could get into documentary making with a
0: just a lower barrier of entry. Yeah,
1: you you could just a- get a camera and have a interesting idea that you know you are the person to tell the story, and as long as it. it as long as it was a good story, it would be accepted into documentary film fests. And now that's changing because of HBO and Netflix. Um,
0: HBO which... does not have as much of a well.
1: Uh, sorry, yeah. I mean Hulu and Netflix. That's yeah, what yeah, I meant yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, because yeah.
0: The, 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 the that's it's... where we have a difference there. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Though HBO is having a whole thing where they're firing everyone that uh, does do stuff, so it might just be going in that same way. Huh. So isn't that hilarious.
1: Well. Uh, anyway, okay, back to this band though, soaked oats.
0: They are not y- mixing with small pp energy. No, it is, sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh they are making bold commitments and that's what I love about this track.
1: Yeah, and so you showed me some of their older stuff that I think both of us did not love that much. No. And um which is cool cuz we wanted to focus on the growth. Yeah. Um. And how? Uh, I mean, you said that their older stuff actually had quite a buzz. Was on oh, Playlist, yeah. and they toured internationally. Plays, yeah.
0: Came to America. They're from Someone, New Zealand. They're from New Zealand. Someone offered them a thirty day run. Um. They thought that they were from Canada, so you know the uh the pitch was, hey, just come on down from Canada and do a thirty day run in America, and they just went, oh yeah, we'll be right there. And just, commit again, made a hard commitment to buying an RV in L.A. and then just, like, driving it into the ground Hell across yeah. uh, across America. <laughs> and that's a very good decision.
1: Yeah, we're totally from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right there. Right there. <laughs> Give um, me a couple of days. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. The, that's awesome that they did that. That's awesome that they're hard committing. But they also have hard committed to being better. Being better. Because the earlier stuff was just, it seemed like, um, you know how, like, if you have rabies, you're hydrophobic? Um, It felt groove-phobic as far as, like, everyone was kind of scared of the drums. The drums are low in the mix. They're kind of bad. They might be just a... They're they could just be a Casio just a keyboard, Casio keyboard, but maybe someone's playing them and they're mixed like a Casio. Yeah, key- it
0: just and I think I mean that was like that is like a style that I just I don't like very much.
1: I mean, you can do that style in a different. It just kind of felt. It didn't. I've heard that you can tuck back drums or make drums sound. I don't. They don't need to be the focus. It felt groove shy though. It didn't just feel like. It it felt like they were scared of of
0: of grooving yeah I don't know yeah. how else to say it white guyitis. yeah and yeah.
1: it t- totally turned around that everyone's now a percussion player and it feels like the opposite that, yeah. that's not only Oh, it's even, it was a weak point and now it is a strong point it's, it's
0: in the copy for this new album because they took the they're in New Zealand so coronavirus lockdown very serious no leave in the house for quite a while uh, so they took that to refine their chops. Yeah. Uh, they committed to their, like, love of hip hop is, mm-hmm. a, is a thing that they are saying in press, which I think is, yeah, it has uh, forward movement on the groove.
1: Yeah. Oh, speaking of copy, just a correction from last week with Old Fire. Yeah. Um, I think we said he wrote the copy or you It you felt guessed. as if. And yeah. he has written us a correction. It was his label. And Western they did vinyl. a great job. They
0: did a really good job. So great copy. Shout
1: out, Western Vinyl. You did a great job.
0: Good correction.
1: Whoever did that there, I wish we knew your name.
0: Right. You've done a great
1: job. <laughs> Half-assed correction. hmm Anyway, okay. So that's this band that we're talking about this week. Yeah. Soak Dokes. That's their track, which is called
0: the way it works
1: and it's on an upcoming album it's the first track this album's coming out in november
0: november 18th 2022 it's called working title
1: heck yeah and that is not just it is literally
0: called working title
1: yeah okay great yeah i mean i'm excited to hear more from them um it's a good it's they got a good sound
0: all right second half let's uh we are so we're working on recording an album right now. We
1: play in a band called Summer Like the Season. You probably know that if you've listened to any other episodes of this podcast. And um, usually we do like first half kind of we focus on uh, we find some music that's coming out right now that we think is really cool. We'll talk about that music, Scott. Uh, loosely threads that into a unrelated topic of something else. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> and we talk I... about something else. But I mean, we're really. All we have been thinking about, all we have been doing is recording this album and nursing my poor, poor baby dog back to health, who uh, was, he's fine.
0: He is fine.
1: He's okay, but he was attacked by some stray dogs, which I think sounds like a really crazy event to most people. It is not that crazy as far as Detroit. You could really tell where people were from when I told them what happened, because <laughs> Everyone outside of Detroit was like, oh my, how did that happen? And everyone from Detroit was like, oh yeah, I had that happen like a few months ago. Anyway, there's lots of stray dogs that like live in packs. Yeah. (laughs) In Detroit City. So, anyway, uh, my dog was attacked. He's okay. It was very scary. I was with him on a walk and I got between them and I stopped the attack by getting between but it was you know i was very scary it was scary i managed to make it out not scathed uh luckily my poor boy
0: defended himself with his donk
1: he did he threw his donk at them um they got a good chunk out of his donk and uh they got a good chunk out of his uh front Front leg leg. i he's you know by chunk i mean they they chomped down but but he's okay um He had to have surgery, and he was full of tubes. They put drain tubes in him, so he's just been oozing uh, around Uh my room for the last week. There's just been a lot of my dog's insides are flowing outside as they should be. It's the process of healing. The the flow has been, uh, you know.
0: It's, it's slowed down.
1: It's slowed down. Uh, yeah, but it has been
0: consuming.
1: It's all consuming as far as thoughts and energy. So this week we're going to talk about the only other thing other than my dog's, uh, ooze, which has been in our heads, which is uh the drum recording liking. projects that we've been working on. Yes. Yeah. Well, Specifically with, yeah, the drums. Drum miking. Um, I think that getting a good drum sound is most recording engineers tops top 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 most uh obsession at least i know for me it was what got me hooked on the concept of recording yeah um when i was in like middle school i started playing in my first bands and my dad had some mics around and i tried to record stuff in our basement i like got a little interface and i got my i got Everything set up, and I was trying to figure out how you get a good drum sound, and um, that I would go A B back and forth between Avril Lavigne, right, <laughs> and what I was recording, and I would be like, "It doesn't sound. It's not only not there. It's not close. It's not in the same realm of existence. It's like one thing like lives underwater, and yeah. the other one lives at the top of a mountain." And I couldn't conceptualize how you made drums sound like that. Um, So that is a journey that has led to. uh, Present day. (laughs) 22 years later. No, couldn't be. Less. Less. Not that old.
0: 15. Whatever. Say 15. 15
1: sounds right. 15 years later, here we are. Um, And so there are several steps to making a uh, perfect drum recording and obviously perfect is also subjective as in it is for each song is a, there's a different you know to make things fit into a song maybe even for each section of a song could be a different different approach different approach is what that's part of what we've been doing so step 1 the room
0: Room, you got to build your drum room uh, because so drums are loud and they are um per- like percussive and loud means that they excite the room. Uh, so any existing room mode or reflective frequency or if you have something that rattles in your room uh, will be affected by. By the drums, which will then affect the recording.
1: So I think people, you know, can understand something rattling means something, you know. Yeah. When you hit um, a snare and then something else is also excited by a different uh, body is excited by that, by the same frequencies. frequencies. Yes. Uh, So that's obviously a problem. But then, like,
0: a room mode. Which is, is, I mean, it's just that but invisible right so yeah.
1: harder to conceptualize when it's you have
0: the air molecules vibrating in response to a given hit
1: yes so um you have parallel surfaces um is going to be your biggest where you have where you have parallel surfaces is the biggest problem for having a room mode a standing wave what
0: reflections Yes. Parallel surfaces is like a reflection thing. Modes are just like that. You're existing within a given body cavity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the the surface volume of the entirety of your room. Uh, less impacted by parallel surfaces, but just having surfaces.
1: Wait. So standing waves, though, are in the category of room mode, right? Yes. Okay. So so, but that is still determined by having more parallel surfaces.
0: More i more or less even if you obliterated if if you had like a willy wonka funhouse room where like no surfaces were parallel you would still have room modes. Huh. Um parallel surfaces is more to do with like like sl- like um like the clap test.
1: Yeah, so uh, the clap test would be um when you and you if you do recording and stuff you probably have heard the term impulse response. Yeah. And so that's what that is when you have an impulse which is just kind of a a burst of noise
0: like a drum hit.
1: Like a drum hit yeah. or a clap or what they do to actually capture impulse responses is usually you set up a bunch of mics at an exact distance in a room from a balloon. And then they pop the balloon, and that's probably the most ac- like accurate room response that you yeah. can r- get is by popping a balloon. Um. Anyway, so what do you do to to defeat these problems?
0: So you uh you position your like the thing that is making the sound. Um. So like if you're doing like speaker tuning, you move your speakers around. If you're doing drums, you move the drums around in the room. Uh, And then you carefully craft a series of um, absorbers and diffusers to spread the waves throughout the room.
1: Sound traps. Yeah. So um, you're a sound hunter. Uh Uh-huh. A hunter-gatherer of sounds. And you must set up some traps. um, And, you know, traps and diffusers. I guess there's not a direct...
0: Uh, right. No, but I love analogy the there. I love the analogy.
1: Yeah. Uh to make sure that you don't have a you know, you're controlling your sound population here. You want to nicely curate the waves that are moving <laughs> around the
0: entire room.
1: So, um parallel surfaces you're going to have more problems with uh, the mids and the highs. Yeah, echoes. Um and then your your low end is has the most problems in corners. Yep. So Uh, Lots of ways of doing that. Um, What was the method that we used uh, for studio So in the
0: drum room, it's it's all super chunk traps, which is just, like, very, very dense, um, varied insulation. So, like, every single time that sound hits a new surface, like a new material, um, it's more effective. Um, So it's, like, various kinds of insulation um, and, like, rubber and stuff just like super chunked which just means stuffed smushed smushed yeah um, and it's
1: all very ab- absorbative. yep and then um so that's corners and that does not just mean the corner as far as walls meeting it also means the corners as far as walls meeting the ceiling yep um and the ground but and the, the ground the, and i've got yeah. a couple
0: of things on the ground in the live room
1: yeah and then um as for walls, that's probably more what people are familiar with seeing, as far as like panels, just panels yep. um, hung up, and
0: that's reducing, um, that's mostly reducing echo. Um, yeah, like wall paneling. Um, but that said, everything is a system, uh, so everybody is working with everyone else, like within a within a treatment environment.
1: I think Borsey the dog just, just farted. farted and yep. it was I'm sorry it's unignorable it was very cute. He's a tiny little potato. He's about 8 pounds. Uh-huh. and he just ripped oh that was that was impressive. That was a loud boy. Hell yeah Borsey. Okay, back on it. Step 1, make your room sound good. Okay, yep. step 2 um, different miking techniques. Now we've been experimenting with some things that we didn't do before mm-hmm. as far as changing miking techniques, not just from, I mean, in the past we've really just got played around with what sounds really good and then used that on every song on a record. Um, and, and now it's not just thinking then it's not just thinking about, um, What sounds good. It's also what sounds good from moment to moment in a song. So, um, in the mixing stage, we have been doing more uh, playing with the width and the spatial image of the drums from section to section. But that's in post, if you know, fix it in post. (laughs) Which it
0: can cause problems with bathing yeah
1: yeah and um so now there's been a really big focus on um thinking ahead thinking ahead so um it's not it's been changing my techniques from song to song but not just from song to song sometimes it's from uh moment to moment for example in one song it's just the bridge it's like the song needed a pretty wide sound Mm -hmm. but then in the bridge A bunch of electronics come in, and it made way more sense for the live drums to get narrow. Yeah. Um. So changing the mic, we recorded the whole song except for the bridge, and then went back did the bridge just with a different miking pattern. Um. So let's maybe talk about uh probably the biggest like play in that has been moving overheads. Yeah. So we're using four fourteens.
0: Yep. Great mics.
1: Um. A lot of Glenn Johns.
0: A lot of Glen Johns. We we didn't do any Glen Johns on the first record. Yeah. So um,
1: super wide. Let's talk about. You want to explain? Yeah.
0: I started to get really in. Uh, so like I did like the redesign in the studio and put the um, the listening room detached from the live room. Uh, and then I've done like some studio shows here, and I moved to where the kit lives, in the in the room. And then I got really into doing Glenn John's uh, partly because you can use fewer microphones. So for doing like live studio shows, I was like, oh, I can cut down on my inputs and just like mix faster for for a live show. Yeah. Um so part of it was born of laziness, but then listening back to those, I was like, I love how it sounds.
1: So wait, explain what Glenn Johns
0: Glen Johns is uh, uh, the the engineer. Glen Johns, who did like some Beatles stuff, Stones, everybody in the late sixties and seventies. Uh, he developed a miking technique for drums where you put a spot mic on the kick, a spot mic on the snare, and then your overheads. One overhead is like a few feet above the snare, and then the other overhead. Is off to the side, um, kind of like slightly above the floor tom.
1: More than a few feet above the snare, but yeah, yeah. The one overhead's uh, more. It's over, you know, your cymbals, but it's. it's I, think over the I think we're I think we're over
0: yeah. like four feet. Yeah, or something yeah, something like something that. like that. So, uh, uh, and then your your second one is off to the side, um, pointing towards the snare. Um, so they're also pointing in different directions. Yeah,
1: but the second one is more is closer to your floor time.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's yep. a few
1: feet away from your floor time and it's uh uh lower. It's like yeah. It's like slightly above the yeah.
0: floor. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the capture on it is really uh it's super wide and it's very smooth. Uh like, and it's going to depend on the drums and the room that you're in. But, like, within our given environment, it just has, like, this very velvet sound. Um, and I, I just, I love how it translates in here.
1: Yeah, it's super wide. Um, and it sounds, it just gives quite a beautiful picture. Yeah. Um, so... That's been um that's not on every song, but that's been one we've been using on a lot of the tunes. Um, we also have just been doing the like, classic left, right overheads, which is maybe more of like a medium
0: space pair. Yeah, yeah, like a
1: spaced pair, and then on the really narrow one, X Y. Yeah, um. So that's the overhead different miking techniques, um, and then we. One of the other things I uh, want to talk, maybe we just run through all of the mics. So yeah. we have, uh, talk about your spicy snare top.
0: Uh, the Bayer 201. It's as if the SM57 was a microphone. Ha. Yeah. Uh, that is a, that's a—that's an Albini line.
1: And we do have an SM57 on the bottom. We do have a
0: 57 on the bottom. Uh, totally lined up. We're being way, way nerdier about, mic lining up at the source yeah we're um, being
1: pretty anal about it lining up those mics and then you know always face flipping your bottom mic on the snare for that beef mm-hmm. Um, and we are being a little more nerdy about where we're placing the bottom mic too I would oh, say yeah We've yeah yeah
0: I mean we I we did a whole thing
1: I guess the change in our own we, it's slightly lower from the bottom than yeah. we had previously been doing.
0: But we, I mean, we we listened to it and we just kind of moved that bottom mic around until it until it really perfect. lined up with the with the top.
1: Yeah. Um. Talk about the high tom.
0: High tom. Bayer 88.
1: Yeah. Um. And then the floor we have a Sennheiser 421. Yep. And uh, one important change I think we made. Was just moving. We used to have that four twenty one facing, sort of on the the side of the low tom, uh,
0: angling towards the hat.
1: Yeah, angling towards the high hat. Um, it's on the floor tom, but it's angling towards the high hat. And um, as far as like where it's the direction it's pointing, yeah. and um, we've now scooted it to be coming from the direction of the uh, facing the drummer, facing the drummer. So, like, kind of peeking in on this sort of like where the ride peeks in, yeah. And then the microphone is facing the drummer. Obviously, it's stuff like face, it's a low yep. time, uh, it's the floor tom close mic, but it's the direction it's facing, it's coming in facing the drummer, yeah. So, so would,
0: which is making all of the mics face the same direction,
1: yes. Yeah, so, all of the mics are facing the same direction, except for when we do Glenn John's, yeah. And then the only change in direction. Is that 414, that other overhead coming down from above to being on the side. And I was saying that I think that obviously that micing technique is, uh, you know, known for giving extra width. But part of it is not. It's it's that in combination with the rest of the mics all facing
0: the the same same direction.
1: direction. Because I think we played with that before and didn't end up doing it on previous things, and I think part of that was maybe because of the floor tom facing towards in towards the hi-hat, and now with all of the mics facing the same direction, there's this really magical thing where like if you solo the left and right, it sounds wide, um, but it doesn't sound crazy wide until you start to bring in The that,
0: sender mics, the yes, spot mics.
1: And as soon as you start to to slowly turn, you know, volume those in, then you start to hear the differential. Yep. And that's what really creates this extra depth. Yep. Um so that's been like a very fun and all-consuming uh mind task, I think has been we've just been playing with this um playing with all of these different techniques and kind of just Tracking and then learning as we go, listening back, thinking something if anything sounds slightly off. Oh, um, I mean, we've we've we've, we've changed started over a, a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we for example, uh, this week there's a song that's going to be on the next record. It's called First Off. Android we already HIN.
0: tracked drums on it,
1: yes. So we we tracked drums on it in December or January. Um, and that was before we put on the studio add-on, and I used a Tama All-Star Classic kit, which has a 22-inch kick, and it's really, it's like a heavy kit, it's a rock kit, it sounds great, but, um, it just didn't feel, we tracked these drums, and then, um, I've been tracking the rest of the record, so that was a while ago, and then we, tr- I've been tracking everything else on my C&C kit, and... It, that's just been sounding better. But the reason I didn't use the CNC kit to start is that the floor tom, shout out CNC, I got this kit new. It's an incredible sounding kit. Other than that, the floor tom does not stay in tune. I've tried to contact you guys about it a million times and no one responds. Yeah. So, um, just saying. Uh, and so this song has clicking on the rim of the floor tom and with a low a floor tom that already has trouble staying in tune in general it falls out of tune in the middle of the song so on all these other things that i've been tracking the cnc kick sounds great and i have to retune the floor tom maybe every like four takes or something like that and that's acceptable even if it's every other take it's acceptable but with the one with rim clicks it's fla- it's falling out of tune mid song i can't it's like impossible yeah. to record um it sucks. So that was the original reason for putting the Tama kit on it. But the, I'd like, I have a 20 inch kick with the CNC and it, it just sounds better. It just on this track. Yeah. So we s- said, let's try putting the CNC on it. So we scrapped the Tama recordings. We started over with the CNC kit recorded all day yesterday. Um, for some reason, I was just in a mood. I just kept going, and yeah. then I went to listen, and I was like, the low tone sounds like shit.
0: It does, Because <laughs> yeah. it
1: just kept falling out of tune, so I tuned it too high to try to get it to stay in tune, and then it just, just sounds
0: bad. terrible when it's yeah. tuned
1: that high. Luckily, I'm a hoarder of drums. So I also have a Rogers kit from the 60s, and that vibe-wise make, is way more matched with the C&C um cuz it just wouldn't have sounded right to use the Tama tom on the CNC. It just it, it, those drums have a different sound. But the Rogers kit is I mean the CNC is also both of them are Bob kits and they're kind of I I kind of think of the CNC as just like a newer version of it's trying to be a similar uh, feel to the yeah. Rogers. So um but the Rogers tom is one it's bigger and two it doesn't fall out of tune um cnc please email me at i don't heart radio pod at gmail.com because i am upset that your very expensive floor time falls out of tune it was new so you know i'm a little salty okay regardless started over yet again uh-huh. <laughs> with the rogers floor time and then rest of the pieces cnc kit and it sounds phenomenal um. It sounds perfect.
0: That's what we've been doing.
1: So, welcome to our brains. I'm sorry that we didn't have a a different. We, this was just nerd corner this week. Um, that's it's all the, we've been thinking about.
0: It's all. It's in my brain.
1: We are also excited. So this album that we're working on. You know, we'll let you know as it comes along. We'll let you know, obviously, as um it gets closer to being released. But in the meantime, we are playing some shows coming up. Uh, very excited about going to the East Coast. On September 16th, we're going to be in Pittsburgh at, at... Collision. Collision. And then uh, September 17th, New York, we will be playing at Berlin. And you can get those tickets. Um, there's a link tree uh, in the bio on our Instagram. One of the first links is tickets to that New York show. It's going to be an awesome show. We're playing with Monograms, Atlas Engine. They're great bands. Uh, really excited for it. We haven't been to New York in a few years, yep. which is super sad because I love, love New, York. New York. Yeah. Um, We can't wait to see you there. Indianapolis, we are coming back on October 30th. We will be at Healer. Um, it's going to be Scully. Dana, Dana Scully's release show, um, which is awesome because it's awesome that they're letting us join that bill because their music is awesome. So much fun. Yep. Um don't think tickets are live for that yet. We'll update you as things move along. I think it's gonna be a Halloween show too, right? Yep. October 30th. October you have 30th. to. It has to be. We'll be getting some costumes together. There will um, be antics. If you have a band that we should know about and you want us to be talking about, I don't heart radio pod at gmail.com subject line. Drums are good. Drums are good. Um please write us and rates. Rates. Right. Subscribe, uh, comments, share, you know, you know the deal. But you know what? You know why people say this over and over again? It's because you haven't done it, have you? Have you done I it? I don't
0: think you've done it.
1: If the answer is yes, I have done it. Then you know what? Then your name do a is self Audrey. five, <laughs> do a self high five. Thanks, Audrey. Uh, <laughs> if your name is not Audrey, you I'm probably guessing haven't done you shit. haven't. Shared this podcast with your friends, so please do. It's how we will be able to keep doing it because as the listenership grows, then you we know, just keep. We, then we'll then we get to reach more people with the music that you think is good. Because look at, you're look at you here, look at you here,
0: look at you here, look
1: at you here. Uh Instagram. Summer like the season. Music is my handle,
0: and mine is a ton of underscore mastering
1: we'll see you next week this has been
0: this has been (laughs) this has been the second take of this
1: podcast i don't heart radio